I originally planned to begin this reflection with a brief quote from Joyce Kilmer's poem, Trees. A, a short poem, it's just 12 lines of iambic tetrameter, and um, the best part about it all is it rhymes. Trees was probably the most famous American poem of the 20th century, recited annually on Arbor Day, of course, and memorized by generations of grade school students. I, I learned it in the sixth grade. The opening and closing couplets are among the most quoted lines in American poetry. I think that I shall never see a poem lovely as a tree. And then the closing, poems are made by fools like me, but only God can make a tree. It was also the most parried American poem, or parodied American poem in the 20th century. The one Ogden Nash wrote is probably the most memorable. I think that I shall never see a billboard lovely as a tree. Indeed, unless the billboards fall, I'll never see a tree at all. Well, parody is supposed to be a form of flattery. Anyway, as I said, I originally planned to tell you all this by way of calling attention to the tree still standing in the sanctuary, but I dropped the literary reference when it occurred to me that a 16-foot tree with a thousand lights on it probably speaks for itself. And what it says is that while we may call this the fourth Sunday in the regrettably named Ordinary Time, the lit liturgy still radiates the warmth of Christmas and the light of Epiphany. Once upon a time, the Church was so captivated by the Feast of the Epiphany that until 1969, we called the Sundays that stretched from January 6th to Septuagesima Sunday, the Sundays after Epiphany. Well, whatever term we choose to call these Sundays leading up to Lent, we should let the two great feasts of Christmas and Epiphany continue to shape the way we listen to the scriptural texts. And this acts as a kind of a corrective to our tendency to read or to hear the gospel as though it were ancient history. We talk about how Jesus was born, how he lived, what he said, how he died. And notice that all the verbs are in the past tense. That was then, this is now. Put the Sermon on the Mount from St. Matthew's Gospel into that idea, an event that took place in the past, and we naturally imagine it as a scene from 2,000 years ago. The Lord Jesus sat on a hillside somewhere in Galilee and spoke to a huge crowd. Well, in fact, we don't have to work hard to imagine the scene. It's because it's a favorite subject for artists from Jan Bruegel the Elder, Fra Angelico Rembrandt, Claude Lorraine, Carl Heinrich Bloch, James Tissot, to name just a few. And if, if art is not your thing, then think of a couple of the movies, The Greatest Story Ever Told, or um, I hesitate to mention it, Monty Python's The Life of Brian. But the truth of, of Jesus Christ is eternal. If we let Christmas and Epiphany inform our understanding of the readings during these weeks, then we begin to hear something very different from history. We begin to hear theology. At the core of this theology is the fundamental question that religion and philosophy ultimately ask. What were human beings created for? Why are we here on this planet? 
The answer that our Catholic faith gives has been largely shaped by the fathers of the Church in their reading of the sacred texts. Human beings, they tell us, were created to be united to God in an intimate union of love and friendship which we w- in which we would share in the very life of the Trinity as far as grace makes it possible. This transforming union between God and human beings was called divinization by the fathers, a sharing in God's nature through sanctifying grace. But we as creatures could never achieve that union by ourselves in our fallen nature. We could not even begin to imagine what this union of God would look like. So this meant that God had to take all the initiative and become flesh dwelling among us. The way that Christians share in God's divine nature is through the sacrament of baptism, and that sharing is renewed every time we celebrate the Eucharist. This is just basic Catholic theology, and it affects the way we listen to the Gospels, or it should. This theology tells us that Christ is not confined to an historical past or some dim memory from the good old days. He is a living presence, speaking directly to us here and now in a church on the corner of Halstead and Aberdeen on January 29th, 2017 at um, 1025 a.m. This shifts the whole meaning of the Sermon on the Mount from something that is proscriptive, or prescriptive rather, to something that is descriptive, In other words, the Beatitudes are not a list of moral obligations that we need to live up to. They are not, as I heard someone say once, Beatitudes that help us maximize our human potential. The Beatitudes are a description of who the baptized are. The Lord Jesus is describing the new humanity, a new humanity divinized by grace that looks, acts, and sounds a lot like Christ himself.